It's another dark and rainy evening in Northern California. It's time once again for the show that has no jingles, no music, no commercials, no talent, and no agenda. Coming to you from the Curry Condo, I'm Adam Curry. Yeah, I'm John C. Dvorak in the fabulous Dvorak Mansion. In the mansion. Dvorak, yeah, the Dvorak Mansion needs a paint job. <laughs> hey, JC, how you doing? Okay. I uh, just got back from... Uh, a president's and CEO dinner at uh, yeah. Sequoia yeah, Capital. Yeah. Yeah, how was that? It, you know, I got to tell you, um, for, it was really nice. It was at this place called NOLA in uh, uh, Palo Alto. It's like, a, as in NOLA, as in uh, northern Louisiana. So it's kind of Cajun. Uh, actually, NOLA, actually what it really means is New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, what did I say? You said northern. Oh, no, I'm confused. I, I meant, exactly, New Orleans, Louisiana. There's actually a restaurant in New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, uh, called Nola. That's one of, um, what's his name, the, the uh, bang chef, the guy who... Uh, the, uh, you know, Emeril? Emeril. Yeah. It's one of Emeril's restaurants. Right. And uh, it's really, I've eaten there and it's outstanding. But what's really impressive to me when you go to that place is that they have uh, a wine list that has every price you can imagine for any kind of wine and you could throw a dart at that list and everything's an incredible yeah, winner. Everything's good. So, um, uh, about uh, 20, 20 guys, I think. Uh, yeah. and, uh, anybody noteworthy? Well, the guys you would know, of course, would be, uh, Mark Kwame, uh, Mike Moritz and, uh, uh, oh God, who's the guy from South Africa? The, the, no, from, ah, uh, uh <laughs> Okay, that guy who's going to hate yeah, me now. It, he only gave us deal. he only gave us five million dollars. <laughs> that guy, Ruloff, Ruloff, shut up, Ruloff. Uh, <laughs> so, be cut out. yeah, but when you look around the room and you look at these companies, they're pretty well invested in uh, in media companies. I think that if we if we pooled all of our resources to, resources together uh, for uh, towards advertisers, which of course we actually discussed. We we could be a, a pretty a pretty big force, you know. There's a very interesting companies. What I found the most interesting two companies actually. Uh, one is um, eHarmony. Uh, the CEO was there. Uh, that guy, yeah. the eHarmony guy, the the, the white haired guy who's the, who's on the commercials. Yeah. Everybody thinks is creepy. Believe it or not, that's not this. Oh, that's yeah. not the CEO. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's just some phony guy. Yeah, that is definitely not him. <laughs> I mean, that guy's creepy. No, no, no. This is a very nice guy. Um, yeah, the, the, also, there was the uh, CEO of Jaja. Are you familiar with Jaja? Never heard of it. It's J-A-J-A-H.com. And it's... Uh, Why am I not surprised? Well, you know, they're doing amazing business. I've actually been a client. That's why I was, uh, why it was interesting to meet. I've been a client of, of the company for over two years. It's, uh, it's a cheap phone service, basically. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I've heard of them. I'm okay, sorry. right. Uh, nah, he's, he's saving me uh, like 400 pounds a month just between my wife calling her sister. So he's got a pretty huh. good service there, I'd say. Uh, and otherwise, uh, yeah, it was all right, you know. There's how many, were there any media people there at all? Uh, from media companies? You know, I mean, like, you know, journalists. That no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. This is a cone of silence. Happened. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, the, cone of silence, hush, hush, non-disclosure. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's all kinds of fascinating. So, yeah. So I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. Back and forth by competitive companies. Oh, you don't want to have anybody. It's the Kiretsu. <laughs> it's the cartel. <laughs> Sounds nah. boring. 
No, it wasn't boring. What was good about it, it was short, so it didn't. Uh, oh. there was no way it could be boring. You know, it could have been boring. It could have been one of those really long, drawn-out things. No, it was like going on the table, hey, how are you doing? What's everybody? Just reintroduction or new people who we, you know. One guy there, uh, Pud, uh, Philip from um, Adbright, he used to work for Ron and I. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty familiar room. Um, and, uh, you know, we just give an update and we see if there's anything we can do together. And then we uh, have a drink, have some food, and then we all fuck off. It's pretty good. Was the mo- food any good? Yes, food was excellent. I had the, um, uh, they had a strip steak, which they served around mashed potatoes with uh, fried onion, onion strips on top. Hmm. Yeah, it was and, uh, and a garnish around the side. I'm trying to explain it to you as, as, as best as possible because I know you care. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite nice, actually. Hey, so there's a restaurant opening up down this, you know, from the Pacho headquarters. If you go down, uh, is it Bryant? No, Brannon. You go down Brannon to Fourth, I guess, be just a little bit beyond that. I, so I was, while you were doing this, I was spending the day down in uh, Half Moon Bay at the Ritz-Carlton at the Always On conference with a bunch of venture capital guys. Right. And, um, you know, I didn't get that much out of it. I did see a bunch of people I needed to see and, you know, schmoozed. And a, the PR woman that runs the Ritz-Carlton uh, there used to be my booker at Tech TV. Your and she's hooker? Always, you know, the booker. Booker. <laughs> yeah. And she... Um, used to and so i know her and, and you know she's been I mean, you can spend the night you know you can have free you know whatever i never go down cool there. cool it, it's just me but you know she was she hot? About, she's she's a nice woman okay all right well you those. sound like one of these guys who's on the forum here you know she's like she's no a, i mean she, it i'm I, john good, i say i say this to you at the office about women i say i don't why should i be any different on this show yeah, yeah there's the evidence against you anyway so um <laughs> true She's a good-looking woman. I've always liked her. She's very pleasant and a great PR person. She's really smart, but I didn't know she was a mega foodie. Oh, wow. And so she's starting her own agency, and she's um, going to uh, do wine and food uh, PR. Well, which, excellent, excellent, because we have a But anyway, so I got the, the tour. I got to meet the chef, and I got the tour of the place, and I did all this stuff, you know, what, what that was going on and had a bunch of, you know, free food down there. Um I don't know where that story was going. I had a point to make before you brought up that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I, um, you know, I'm always scanning across uh, all of the news shows. And I heard one thing very consistent this morning. Uh, as I uh, also it was the first opportunity I had to listen to Twit 124 and Buzz Out Loud. And uh, no one has any news in the technology world. <laughs> Everyone's it's full of crap. That's what we'll take over on this show because we've got absolutely nothing. Okay, back to my story. So anyway, so I'm talking to her, and she knows all the gossip about what's going on with the restaurant scene around here, and she's really got great information. But apparently there's this new spot she believes is going to be the next hot spot taking over for if anyone from San Francisco knows these places. Myth has been sold to somebody else, and the hot spot right now is Spruce. And, but right. there's a new one she believes is going to be the next big thing, and I, she, I had a, this, this conversation was very in-depth on this, and so I now realize that she's stunning when it comes to being, you know, this at this level of foodie. Orson is the name of the place. Orson. It's going to be down, yeah, down there around 4th and uh, Excellent. Brandon, so that we can walk there and finally have a place we can have something cool. But they probably, of course, won't be open for lunch, so what difference does it make? Well, I had, uh, I had dinner, just to, to wrap up the food part of the show, I had dinner at Spruce, and i uh, got to say I was well impressed. Um, How'd you get into Spruce? I just called him up. I said, don't you know who I am? 
<laughs> How'd you get into spruce? I, 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 <laughs> no, obviously, I'm not buying that argument. I don't know. Uh, Rosie made the reservation for me. Rosie's huh. got Rosie's got uh, pull in this town, man. Be on the lookout for Rosie. Yeah, we'll have to talk to so her about the this. portions were really really small, and which which I don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you like a throwback. Well, most yeah, people appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so that was, but the uh, the service was really the presentation was great, taste was great, quality was great. Yeah. The but the service was really knowledgeable and uh, and. Yeah, it was good. It was all around great experience. If you sit in the back room, by the way, because that's where you can actually have a conversation. You can't really talk in that in that front mess noisy? hall. Oh, the mess hall up front is very noisy. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, but well, you in know the, back, the, the place nice. is owned by the guy who did the Woodside, uh, or not the Woodside, but the Village Pub or the Village Tavern or whatever the hell it's called is in Woodside, mm. which is a great restaurant that's kind of underrated. And so they opened this place up in San Francisco, I guess, to get their reputation up. But if you know, you probably get the same food at the Village Pub or the Village Tavern, whatever it's called, um, in Woodside. So and without having to deal with the long wait. So anyway, before we finish the food section of this show. Oh, God, no, not more. Yes. You're getting free tea. Oh, yeah. We did a very short piece a few weeks ago about <laughs> PG tips and whatever. Yorkshire, and apparently and you ended up – I got nothing, by the way. Well, I haven't received it. Uh, it arrived at the at the U.K. office, and, and Carrie sent me uh, an email. Well, to tell us who sent it to you and why. Uh, shall I see if I can find the actual email somewhere in here? Uh, the, yeah. York, the Yorkshire Tea Company themselves sent it over, and they said they had heard the show. Uh, and could not resist trying to uh, to bring me up to the uh, the real gold standard of Yorkshire instead of PG tips. I was tickled. So, uh, and there's a whole box apparently. So I can't wait to to get to the office. Which, by the way, Monday. So I'm flying back tomorrow afternoon. Monday evening, we have our um, Pod Show UK Christmas dinner. We're not doing a huge party, but it's, you know when you put a staff together with spouses and you know some of our uh, our talent who uh, who work. Uh, uh, full time for uh, for for productions we're doing. You know, you're talking twenty five, thirty people. So, you know, of course, uh, Patricia and I were going to go to the party. What do you think shows up today in my email box? An invitation for Monday night, starting at six o'clock, for the Led Zeppelin one off reunion <laughs> concert and party. I'm like, oh my fucking god! I feel so bad for the Pod Show people that I won't be able to make it. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to make a showing. Uh, no, I'm. I'm. Of course, I'm going to the Christmas party. The. Uh, oh man, I don't know. Yeah, no. Nah, that nah, nah. Zeppelin one-off. Of course, those guys are so gone by now. But yeah, but it's the like same. the uh, the Ahmed Erdogan uh, tribute, and you know, there's gonna be a whole. Everyone in the fucking world's gonna be there. And... So I went to the first Led Zeppelin concert when they did the United States. They came out to the West Coast, and I went. Luckily enough, got to see him when they first showed up. Wow. And it was really a, a pretty dynamite experience because no one had heard this type of sound before because they were, uh, you know, it was a power trio with a different twist. And especially with uh, Jimmy Page because at the time he was, you know, he's doing stuff with the guitar, including yeah, playing, playing it with, with like a, a violin, right? Yeah, with a bowstring, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. But the curious thing is, so I was working a part time, I was working like it, I was working and going to college at the same time, and I was, uh, I was, and I, I would do that, by the way. And so uh, I was in the luncheon place at, talking to some guy who was like a big one of these guys who went to all those concerts like I used to do. And I, and I noticed there was a one curious thing that happened at the concert that I thought was, was odd. 
in the middle of one of their songs, which one of the songs that had a break in it, when then they they'd be singing, singing, and going crazy, and then have a break, and then they then Jimmy Page would rip into a guitar solo. At the moment of the break, somebody in the left hand back corner let out a blood curdling shriek. <laughs> That matched beautifully. The timing and everything was perfect for the music, and it was like it really added a dimension to the song. Well, they actually but got I, stabbed. No, it was just somebody screeching, and but I, but it always it stuck in my mind as like awkwardly perfect. Uh huh. And, and you missed so it on the guy, record. <laughs> I went to this guy and I said, "Did you? What day did you go?" And he went some months, uh, some other day. I said, "Did you notice?" And I pointed out to him specifically this blood-curdling shriek at this one moment in the song in the, left, in the back of the room, you know, mm -hmm. in the corner. And he said, yeah, I thought that was weird. Huh. I heard that too. So apparently they, they were ahead of their times with setting these shills into the audience. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, you know, ever since then, I think I've been skeptical about everything. <laughs> uh, it's, it's called show business, John. Yeah, show business. Show business. So I've been. Uh, well, you, you got. You got any uh, stories you want to launch? Well, wait. Into? Let me finish before we go. You're into still the story. not done. You got more food. The special blend PG tips. <laughs> oh, we want to talk about that. And the one thing we didn't mention, and maybe we can get some of this for free. Of course, nobody says anything to me. No. Nope. Lifeboat tea, which I mentioned to you, but we didn't yes. get it on the air. Yeah. Is really one of the more interesting tea, British teas. If people out there want to like a tea with a real punch to it. Lifeboat tea was supposedly used by the British Emergency Corps and their lifeboats, so they could, you know, it would give them an extra punch of, of uh, caffeine or whatever. And, it's the and that's stuff good. You want. That's that's good stuff, huh? Okay. Lifeboat. Oh, it's delicious. Actually, it's actually quite tasty. Huh. All right, I'm done. So I've been on. Uh, let me see. We talked. Uh, Last time, did we talk? We talked about the military-industrial complex. We, uh, maybe that was at the office. I was showing you Eisenhower's quote. Yeah, you're like getting a little nutty about this stuff, but yeah. Well, I've, uh, someone sent me another Eisenhower quote, which uh, I just got to read. Well, to wait, you. you back up and tell people. You, okay, if anybody's out there, they want to, you know, go look up Eisenhower on YouTube, and he has this really nice speech that he gave, and I, you know, vaguely remember hearing it over the years. About, about the dangers of the military-industrial complex. And it's actually, when you hear the speech, which you have isolated, I should put it on the blog, it's actually quite, quite, quite interesting. So check this one out from a couple of years before that speech. So he was still president, 1954. <clears throat> I haven't found audio of it yet, unfortunately. Um, so I, I, I'm telling you, this guy is the Nostradamus of American politics. Listen to this. Should any political party attempt to abolish Social Security, unemployment insurance, and eliminate labor laws and farm programs, you would not hear of that party again in our political history. There's a tiny splinter group, of course, that believes you can do these things. Among them are a few Texas oil millionaires and an occasional politician or businessman from other areas. Their number is negligible, and they are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> They're stupid. Isn't that a great quote? You know, Eisenhower, I think, was underappreciated. The more we, we, you know, over time, I think people are starting to appreciate that guy more and more and more. I mean, guys, he was a military, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, he was, he was a general, right? He was the hot, well, he's the one who organized the, you know, the D-Day thing. Yeah, he was the man. And, uh. And you know, he was always like he had you know he didn't seem like a humorous guy by any means. He was kind of a stiff business type as a president, and he was despised by the Democrats because he was a Republican. 
And uh, but the fact of the matter was that looking back on, he may actually have been one of the better presidents we've ever had. Surely you can recommend some literature to our uh, listeners. Uh, I can't think of anything. I because I I got to find out more about this guy. You know, the more well, he he wrote. I think he wrote a couple of books which would be worth reading. And uh, he's probably got a. There's probably a few biographies. I'll look into it. I mean, you know, I like everybody else. I've taken him for granted, and it's yeah, like uh, maybe time. I should rethink it. So so I'm on this tear now about. Uh, you know, how can we how can we stop the military industrial complex? Yeah, I know I'm getting nutty, but hear me out because I actually have I have a really good idea. Um, so if I were to ask you, what is the most powerful force in the American economy? What would you say? The most powerful force? Yeah. What is the most well, powerful I mean, force in the American economy? It's used all the time in uh, in financial reporting. In financial reporting, yeah. I was going to say sex before you said that. <laughs> in the uh, American economics, uh, okay. profit? No, consumers. No, right? It's the American consumer that is the God Almighty power of this country. Would you agree? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. That's what makes the country a big market. So I saw this uh, this really cute animation flash type real-time video thing on a website called storyofstuff.com and it's basically the story of how stuff is made you know from and of course from a, a green vantage point so first we rape the earth then we and then we create all this chemical toxic shit by creating stuff and then we package all this stuff up and then people take it home and then it turns into garbage and only one percent actually is recycled you know one of those stories and but the thing that struck me is the whole part about the consumerism. And apparently there was an economist after the Second World War, his name escapes me for a second, and he came up with the idea of using the American uh, people, this consumer force, to fuel the economy through um, something called uh, obsolescence by design or designed obsolescence, so products that are absolutely... Planned, in, planned, planned obsolescence. Plan, I'm sorry, planned obsolescence, thank you. So products that are designed to break after six months or that need yeah, an upgrade. It's Vablin you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Oh, John, I love it, man. You are so fucking smart. Um, and then there's perceived obsolescence, which is basically well, the fashion industry. You know, and they had this great little graphic of, so, you know, you work really hard all day, you come home, you sit in front of television, then television says, uh, you suck, you don't have the coolest shoes. And then you go out to shop and you get the coolest shoes and you feel better. And then you go work twice as hard and take another job to be able to afford it. And you go home and you rest and you watch television and then they tell you, you suck again because you've got yet the wrong bag. And it's this endless loop of perceived obsolescence. And I was thinking, we should make, first of all, if, if, if we want to protest uh, as, a, as a country, all we have to do is just stop consuming, which is a great way to protest because it's easy to do and we save money. So I, I really like the concept of let's just not buy anything for a while uh, and, and maybe that'll wake someone up. But then I thought, you know, how do you really get people, how do you get that kind of awareness? What if we created a brand and I've come up with the perfect brand called Wrong? So instead of having you know the right Gucci bag or the exact right Chanel bag or the perfect uh, um, uh, shoes or the right dress or the whatever it is, you could walk in because you know how ladies they're deathly afraid they walk into a, into a party and they have the wrong bag, right? You know, it's like everyone has yet the new version. Oh, I've got the wrong. Oh, she's got the wrong bag. Oh my gosh! So why don't we just create a brand called Wrong? And you have these, you know, handbags, and just like a Gucci logo, it'll say wrong, so that you can be proud 
by protesting by using the same bag, not being a part of the perceived obsolescence, by wearing and using the wrong brand. I've already registered shopwrong.com and buywrong.com. I'm in. Yeah. Count me in. I'm on the board. <laughs> okay, thank you. We're making t-shirts first. That's our first uh, well, the order. The t-shirts got to say wrong. Yeah, wrong. It, but with a great logo, so it really looks fashionable, right? Just wrong. You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, Franklin Gothic will work. You know, any good type font. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm kind of surprised. This actually is an outstanding idea. Oh, now, of course, you. now I'll get some fly. Well, you just say whatever Curry says. No, 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 no. You, no, you do not. You do not. And so, uh, I'm just saying this to the two or three guys out there who mm -hmm. think we're. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, I think you should look into this further because I, I actually would be surprised if somebody else isn't doing something similar. It's just too good of an idea. I was amazed that knowing that there's a place out there called ShopRite and Best Buy that I could get ShopWrong and BuyWrong.com. I was blown away that those domain names were available. And, of course, I got them using my GoDaddy code DSC1. <laughs> Speaking of uh, perceived right. obsolescence. <laughs> That's funny because I came up with an idea today, too, which is something I think I'm going to implement. Okay. Uh, it's called the Disclosure Project. Hmm. And I'm gonna. I've got a PR woman that you know owes me a favor. I'm gonna have her promote this. She doesn't thing. work at Half Moon Bay, does she, by any chance? No, no. She's <laughs> actually. I'm gonna work with her though. She's on some food things. Mm -hmm. You know, when I do some other projects, I'm gonna bring her on because she's. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah. A, get, get back to your to your she, disclosure she project. She should be a food uh, a restaurant critic because we have a crappy one here in the Bay Area, and something has to be done. Anyway, the disclosure project. Yeah. And the idea is, and I came up with the idea. Uh, because of my bloggers, because I have like eight guys or so that blog for me, and they also have the Dvorak cage match and the yeah. other Dvorak.org slash blog, yeah. and there's, you know, I contribute, but everybody else does too, and they come up with a lot of great stuff, but I want to put a page up with every one of these, I don't have to, of course, I haven't cleared it with these guys yet, because I just thought of it today, um, I'm going to put a page up, and, I th and I'm going to push it as a project that all media outlets should do, which is that I want a list of the writers that are contributing, and I want to know what their political affiliation is, what their religious affiliation is, and all the other things that would be interesting so you can reevaluate what they have to say based on what they would obviously have as a background. Yeah. And now while I can see somebody saying, well, I don't want to say who I voted for. I don't want to say if I'm a Republican or a Democrat. I don't want to do because I, it's private, private, private. I can see people moaning about the concept. But the fact of the matter is if you're in the fifth estate, you're, in, you're providing information to the public and you're digging into all kinds of things, I think you have to make a sacrifice once in a while and tell people where you're coming from. And that's what I call the disclosure project. And I think it would be interesting to, to you know, so when you read an article in the New York Times by so-and-so, I want to be able to click on that guy's name and see what, he, you know, where he's what coming from. Is he a Republican? Yeah. Is he a Democrat? Is he part of the union? Is he a freelancer? Well, is he a Catholic? John, is, let me ask you a question. Isn't that kind of where it's going to move eventually anyway, where I would, so I, I uh, yeah, you're a writer, but I, I see you as a journalist. If I want to know what John C. Dvorak is about, I go to johncdvorak.org, you know, dvorak.org slash blog, whatever, and I can read about you and I can make up my own mind. It's not exactly disclosed in that manner, 
But you no, know, actually, you don't know that much. What you get on the on the Vorkdorstash blog, you look at short bio, which I have listed. It's you know, I wrote for here, I won this award, I've done this, I yeah, do that. But, but I get insight into you. You get very little. It doesn't yeah. say. It's not the same as knowing that I, you know, that I've like we talked about before. Like I've, yeah. I've done, you know, the Universal Life Church, and I, <laughs> you know, I've yeah, religious. I'm agnostic and. But I'm not an atheist like these other guys. I got two or three atheists, you know, well, there. Well, I, I think it's a really good idea, first of all. I doubt that any journalist will participate because I think you're right. They're all going to say, Ooh. Well, I think they could be for I think that if the public demanded it. I, think I know it's how. I know, I know how you can force them. Make it a wiki. <laughs> yeah, make it a wiki. And if, you yeah, but, but they're allowed to change it. <laughs> I like that. I, you know what, Alba? That's what it's going to end up becoming because... Hey, oh, this is but, it. Here, here it is. So you send them an email. Congratulations. You are now on the Disclosure Project. A wiki page has been created for you. Um, anyone can go in and put anything they want. But if you register you know, with, with these credentials, whatever, then you have an admin so that you can go in and change it to what you believe is true in Disclosure. Right. But the um, the changes will remain in place, something like that. That could be very cool. That would work. Uh, God damn, two million dollar ideas in one in twenty five minutes. Are we're we, rolling. We are that good. Actually, we had a guy. I was doing cranky geeks the other day. A guy comes up. The conversation changed to like a, an idea. Oh boy! And uh, I have to kind of remember what it was, but it was like a money maker. That <laughs> you promptly forgot. Is it, you know, we should like just do this. I mean, come on! There's a lot of money making. This is a problem, by the way, for people out there listening. This this little area, the San Francisco Bay Area, especially around the Silicon Valley milieu, is essentially that's all you do all the time. Is you're just coming up with these idiotic ideas. Some of them are good. Some of them are stupid. But there's just the whole scene is nothing but just dreaming up concepts and ideas and trying to make some money or, or if nothing else, just implementing or having fun. It's, it's, it's really an odd place. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't, were you, were you here in the 60s? Yeah, you were out here, weren't you? I was just, I was a youngster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry, I forgot. But is, isn't this, hasn't this place always been like that? You know, I think it goes back to the gold mining era. Oh, wow. You were around then was, too, weren't you? Just a youngster, but <laughs> I was just a kid. But I think really in the eighteen, once gold and then silver was discovered, uh, and then all these these you know borderline criminals came out of here with their banks. You know, all these guys became very famous. Um, you know, bought these, and they, you know they they took advantage of the situation. That group, I think, is the pro, the progenitors of everything we've seen since. Even though people like to credit Silicon Valley with Stanford, but if you look at Stanford, Stanford himself the original Leland Stanford which goes back to that same era was you know a borderline crook <laughs> yeah. and it's like the whole scene has really come from the from the gold rush and the scammers and everybody that came and went and it still exists in fact one time I was at a, a party um, at, I won't say whose place but it's one of these guys uh, I think actually I think I think it was the uh, CEOs of uh, Intuit and there's a big mansion Scott, and so there's this party there, and, and I, there was some. I was in one of the rooms talking to somebody, and there's this one very cynical guy, making me look like a normal guy, and he, 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 we're talking about well, you know, there's a lot of you know. I was I was actually promoting the the valley thing as you know, a way that a lot of ideas and stuff are generated, and I was I don't know why I was so up tempo. You were smoking the dope. 
No, I was not smoking anything. Uh, I, in fact, I was barely, I wasn't even drinking much. Maybe that's the problem. Uh-huh. But anyway, whatever the case, this guy says, what are you talking about? He says, this whole thing is just a big scam. <laughs> All these guys are just a bunch of salesmen selling crap to the public. <laughs> there's like, there's nothing to it. It's shallow. It's just making money from the making of money's sake. And he went on and on. And I would think I walked away going, you know what? He's right. <laughs> And to a certain extent, absolutely. We are. Yeah, well, I notice over and over how weirdly out of place we are here in San Francisco. Not you, but Podshow as a company. I don't think we're that out of place. I think we're very out of place. I mean, not not from the engineering perspective, but from you know, first of all, we're, we're building a business that actually um, sells things to companies who gladly pay for it. You know, well, we, that's a we, little weird. We make money. You know, that's, that, that's like wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, but yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Sometimes I'm like, wow, this is so, so out of place here. But that also makes it fun. So I think uh, we cannot end this show uh, as American citizens without briefly having touched on uh, H.R. 1955. Yeah, go ahead. I know about this. Go ahead. Okay. The Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Prevention Act of 2007. Yeah, I know. I first saw this, I think somebody presented it on the blog, and I looked at it when I first saw it, I think, I thought it was a hoax. (laughs) I thought the exact same thing, but it's not. This has already passed the House of Representatives. I know. I looked it up. It's on the government site. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right right now. Um, Okay, so this is a bill um, that is... And I'm uh, actually they have a summary. Shall I just read the summary? It's on the damn website. It should be understandable yeah, for all of us, for shouldn't it? it? Okay. Uh, introduced 4 19 2007. Homegrown Terrorism Prevention Act 2007 amends the Homeland Security Act of 2002 to add provisions concerning the prevention of homegrown terrorism, uh, in parentheses, ter- terrorism by individuals born, raised, or based and operating primarily in the United States. It directs the Secretary of Homeland Security to, one, establish a grant program to prevent, hold on a second, to prevent radicalization, use of, which is defined as use of an extremist belief system for facilitating ideologically based violence and homegrown terrorism in the United States. And two, establish or designate a university-based center of excellence for the study of radicalization and homegrown terrorism in the United States. And three, conduct a survey of methodologies implemented by foreign nations to prevent radicalization and homegrown terrorism. (laughs) It prevents the Department of Homeland Security's efforts to prevent ideologically-based violence and homegrown terrorism from violating the constitutional and civil rights and civil liberties of U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents. And actually, I think the summary doesn't... They've omitted something very important in this summary, I believe. Let me just see if I can look at the full text. Well, I mean, I looked over this thing, and one of the things that came out of it is, like, they could almost take the law if they, you know, this thing is passed and it's not th- thrown out by a court, which is bound to happen if, it, if somebody goes after yeah, it early. Yeah, but 404 representatives voted oh, they, in favor these of these this. People, this is the, this do they, is ever, like do the, they read this fucking shit? This is the Roman Senate. These people are horrible, and I'm going to do a follow-up story after you're done with this with a 409 to two vote on something just as stupid and and dangerous 
as that thing you're talking about, which is ridiculous. And these guys just rubber stamp everything. And this is supposed to be this is why Congress, by the way, you know, the, if you follow the polls, the president has like this ridiculous low rating, you know, historically low under 30 percent approval rating. But Congress is like around 10 percent approval rating because these guys had all these promises, especially the Democrats, and they did nothing. And now they, they roll over on all these idiotic laws. And the one I'm going to talk about well, wait, before, before, yeah, before you get there, before you go on the rant, let me just read definition number two, and I just want you to pick that apart because you are a, a, a wordsmith. <laughs> Violent radicalization is determined as the process of adopting or promoting an extremist belief system for the purpose of facilitating ideologically based violence to advance political, religious, or social change. That cannot go into law. I know it's idiotic. It's crazy. But, the, but there are some other aspects. Apparently, almost, I think there, you, there's one interpretation where even criticizing the president, could wind, you could yes. wind up in Yes, you, you, can, you, can, you can be deemed a homegrown terrorist. So even, right. what, even, even what we just discussed, what I just discussed about slowing down the, the, the consumer engine of the United States could most right. definitely be uh, taken to task by this. Can I have your job? Of what? Sitting in jail after with you Bubba? Get, after you get thrown in the Gitmo, can I? <laughs> yes, only if you promise to do a show every single day, okay? As long as you do the daily source code every day, it's fine. It'll be the uh, John, it's Dvorak C, oh, DSC. I yeah, find no, it'll be the daily source code with John C. Dvorak. It's not, I'm not going to change much. Okay, no, I appreciate it. That's nice. That, that's very yeah. cool. Don't forget the food bar Fridays. I'll homage to you once in a while. Yeah, on Fridays. That's all I ask. So we, uh, it'll go like this. Say, well, you know, I've got this Friday show, and of course, you know, Adam is in Gitmo, and no one's <laughs> heard from him. <laughs> and I guess they're beating the crap out of him. But, you know, hey, <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Electrocuting my testicles, but otherwise... Everything's fine. So, so obviously, uh, call to action, uh, people. Uh, if please, please write to your congressman. What do we have to do, John? You, you write to your congressman. What are you do, supposed to do? Hey, when the Congress rolls over like this, you can write all you want. It's not going to help. Hey, but this this can't go into law. This is this is an outrage. We we really have to stop this. This is hopefully just not the okay. Supreme Court will. You know, I'm not going to put up with it. Well, so let's follow up with another ludicrous. I'm going to read it. This was taken from the. Uh, this was a post on the blog. As a matter of fact, it's the Safe Act, S A F E Act. Um, oh yes, I've I've read this one. Oh, hold on a second. Let me. Oh, hold on. Hold on one second, John. Uh, I like this. I like... Hey, John. Can I call you right back? I'm just recording no agenda with the other John. Okay, I'll call right back, man. Bye. It's Fernandez, our financial yeah. dude. He's still at the office. Oh, poor bastard. Yeah, really. Okay, sorry. The SAFE Act. Yes, refresh my memory. Okay, and I'm going to read from the blog post. Uh, if you own a Wi-Fi spot that's accessible and free or own a business that provides such uh, a service, yes, I remember life that. just gets a wee bit more complicated. Seems that Congress passed by a margin of 409 to 2. And by the way, I'll bet you one of those two is Ron Paul. <laughs> yes, it, it absolutely. You are right. I guarantee he is, it. He is. Ron Paul voted against it. They passed the SAFE, S-A-F-E Act, which stands for Securing Adolescents from Exploitation Online Act. You know, this is a great thing to couch things in. 
Anyway, it goes on. While everyone, while most people are against terrorism and child porn, this sweeping bill pits the operators of services such as Wi-Fi and social networks against its users and leaves the onus on the operator. And here's a quote from the uh, article that was cited. The U.S. House of Representatives on Wednesday overwhelmingly approved a bill saying that anyone offering an open Wi-Fi connection to the public must report illegal images, including obscene cartoons and drawings, or face fines of up to $300,000. The broad definition would cover individuals, coffee shops, libraries, hotels, and even some government agencies that provide Wi-Fi. It also sweeps in social networking sites, domain name registrars, internet service providers, and email service providers such as Hotmail and Gmail, and they require that the complete contents of the user's account be retained for subsequent police inspection. Hello. Isn't that, isn't that funny? So... Another and one of these. This was passed by these idiots, four hundred nine to two. It makes no sense, and besides that, it's not possible to do what they demand. It's, it's so technologically it actually, not possible. It's no. not technologically possible, and essentially, everybody would just have to shut down. So I mean, so the whole thing is idiotic. It's not going to go anywhere because it can't because it can't work. But nobody's going to vote against it. These morons because it's about kitty porn, and then all it's of a sudden, about, it, when it's not, it's really not about that no, at all. But I know, but that's, that's what it's labeled as. It, yes, yeah, labeled as it's securing adolescents. Well, I, I will definitely I vote for that. I want, but don't want to It's called censorship. That's what that's. It's called censorship, and it's very easy to tack on a little. It just let's just combine these. You know what? Uh, I think you should while you're scanning for uh, kitty porn. I think you should also scan for. Um, uh, someone who is in the process of adopting or promoting an extremist belief system for the purpose of facilitating ideologically based violence to advance political, religious, or social change. Yeah, I think you should retain his account to make sure he's not doing that. I'm so going to the slammer, John. <laughs> Gitmo, man. Gitmo, baby. Gitmo. That's where you're headed. So, uh, we're in trouble. I don't know. I, the, the, these look, things, you know, these things shake out in the, in the, in the wash. Well, if, as long as we it. keep talking about it and people realize it, because, you know, yeah, there's some reports here and there, but look at the timing. Look at when this is coming out. Yeah, know? I know, but the thing that gets me the most, I mean, I know these things aren't going to get very far because the smart money is just going to you know, sue against them. I mean, the courts can't put up with this yet, but it's the 409 to 2. It's like, what is wrong with Congress yeah, that, is that they vote wrong. for this stuff? Because they're cowed into it by just the name of the act, which has got nothing to do with anything. I don't believe they even read it. I really don't. Uh, I think somebody, they have big staffs. Somebody's oh, reading someone's it. someone's reading it, yeah. And someone's reading it going, ah, shit, another kitty porn thing. Yeah, right, yeah. Let's, 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 yeah, you should vote on that one. Yeah, you don't want to see me... Meanwhile, the, the, the two guys with enough guts, enough balls to vote against it are the only two people that I have any respect for in the Congress. And it's like, you know, because they're not, you know, it's BS. It's like just because you, something is about, you know, you, you, you couch it in oils about securing adolescents from online, whatever. Yeah, that's great. That's fine, but it's not. That's not what it's about at all. It's got nothing to do with it. It's not protecting anybody. It's it's actually trying to shut down things. So just um, so it, this passed in the Senate, right? No, that's a Congress thing at 409 to 2. I don't know what the Senate side so, of it so, is. So is, is this now law? No, it's just, as far as I know, it's just, it's just an, a bill. It's an act. Yeah, Whatever it so is. far. Mm. But, and, it, and usually the senators are a little more, you know, because, see, the Congress will bring the thing in the Senate to the Senate, the Senate will rewrite it, and if they change the name of it, you know, from safe to something else, 
you know, the to, idiotic acts that like censor all things on the internet, <laughs> they'll vote against it. Uh, God bless Ron Paul. I hope that I hope that guy wins. That would make no, me so happy. His like, chances of winning are zero. Dude, if he wins, I am so getting laid in the Lincoln bedroom. I am so getting laid there. <laughs> He would I, probably cut in. that deal out. You know, they've asked me to do... So forget uh, it. Now they've asked me to do an endorsement video for them, which, I, of course, I'm going to do. Sure. So, yeah, no, it's... Uh, oh, well. We're doing our best. And uh, we'll try and do uh, more of it next week, unless you've got anything left, John? No, I think that's about it. We've got the tea plug in, and you know, whatever. <laughs> so send us tea. <laughs> and don't well, send, send us to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Gitmo. Gitmo, baby. Clunk. Coming to you from the Curry Condo, uh, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in Northern California. And we'll talk to you next week. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight.